Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to Only Stupid Answers, the best damn podcast you can put your ears in. Two. This is Sam and DJ here. Hello. A very special guest. Hey, with who's our guest? Uh, it's Mr. Tom Merritt. How are you doing? Oh, hi. Hello. Hey. How did I get here? Thank you for joining you us. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, you come on to a very special episode of Only Stupid Answers. It's our 9999 mm, episode. In honor of Maxwell Smart. Exactly. Mm-hmm. 99. Thank yep. you. Mm-hmm. Thank I appreciate you. that. No, Deep thanks cut. for having me, guys. Of course. It's going to be a fun one, and I, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence today. Yes. Right? This uh, is something I've been wanting to talk about for a minute, just because mm-hmm. I find it interesting. You keep writing it over and over again in this notebook that you have. Yeah. I'm like, I always try to take it away from you, but you get really uh, <laughs> I get really angry about testy. it. Testy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a little <laughs> so testy. So, for people that, uh, this is your first time tuning in, in this podcast, we like to talk about movies. TV shows. Comics. Uh, supernatural AI, AI. AI is one. Yeah, yeah. So we want to do like a that. dream episode one day and talk That'll about that and that all the science of dreams so before we get into uh, any further in our stuff Tom who are, who are you tell the kids at home I am a podcaster nice. you guys do you guys know about podcasts a little bit we've dabbled yeah mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I've been podcasting since 2005 Jeez. Uh, I do the daily tech news show mm-hmm. which is daily show about tech news interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> we workshop that name uh-huh. a lot yeah uh, i like where you landed with it <laughs> that's, that's, thank you mm-hmm. i appreciate that uh yeah daily tech news show and daily tech headlines are kind of the big twin podcast that i do yeah uh, but i also do a bunch of other weeklies uh like current geek which just nice. talks about uh, tv shows and movies hey <laughs> then we have a few common things yeah, to talk yeah. About today. uh cord killers which is about cord cutting like nice. the way you actually are able to watch the tv shows and movies yep. and uh, sword and laser which is science fiction and fantasy books oh yeah that sounds like a ton of fun mm-hmm. so it, you can you can just type all those into the itunes or the googler and you can they'll pop yeah right up. yeah cool. uh tom Merritt.com also works perfect that has everything uh, put together yeah. nice. and if you want more of our stuff you can go to only you said googler and i'm so surprised that google's never tried to make a little robot that they could take home with you it's the googler, googler yeah, yeah or like they, they was have google a, home instead of the googler or, yeah missed opportunity but they probably still have a copyright now, for see, it my wife worked for Google for a while, Ooh. and they did call them Nooglers. The, the new first people yeah. that work. I think they overthought that. Name. Yeah, it was like just the Googlers is fine. I guess the Nooglers and then the Googler. Yeah, and they gave them a little hat with a spinny thing on top. That's wow. pretty good hazing. Yeah. <laughs> but like you said, OnlyStupidAnswers.com. Yes. That's where you can find all the info for our Patreon, which if you're watching live with us, thank you. Love you. Also, all of our, uh, you can listen to our episodes there, all of our social media, like Twitter, at OnlyStupidAnswers. You can have about some stupid. There we go. And most importantly, we have an event this when this comes up tomorrow, there's going to be an event for our 100th episode at the Open Space Cafe on Fairfax in L.A. So the, there's probably one ticket left if you yeah. if you if you're just w- really have been waiting down to the last second, just seeing the interest level. Yeah. Everyone's coming out for this, mm-hmm. dressed to the nines. Yeah, and we've got. Some I bought special... a new button up, so there it's it going to be very special. We got some special guests. We got our buddies from Dynamic Banter, Mike Falzone and Stu Zaragoza. Yes, and Mod Garrett. We're going to do a little Smodcast, which yeah. will be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be exclusive uh, merch that you can get. There's going to be special guests, which is going to be a lot of fun. But also Patreon people. <gasps> 
keep an eye out because there's going to be a way for you to watch live if you're as part of a specific tier. There'll be a big post about it. There'll be a master post about it on Patreon. Mm-hmm. So if you can't make it uh, and you just and you guys have been thinking about joining the Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers and watch live from the event. And there'll be a VOD as well if you can't oh, yeah. join us. So that'll be a lot of fun. But uh, uh, also worth mentioning that the audio of that podcast will be the 100th episode. There it is. There's all the business. Uh, of, the, of the main part. Of of the main part. Yeah. So uh, we also like to, we love it when you go onto iTunes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of going to onlystupidanswers.com and finding where you can listen, we love it when you go onto iTunes and leave us those five-star reviews. We also post our episodes uh, on Patreon, mm-hmm. uh, and you can uh, leave comments there. In fact, we have a comment. Sam, mm-hmm. if you want to read the comment we got on our last episode. I believe it's from our friend. We did a review of only, uh, oh, <laughs> that's what we do, a review of Avengers Infinity War. Oh, shocking. And uh, uh, Mr. Greg Miller from Kind of Funny commented, thanks for having me on, guys. This is great. And then he's mad about your rating for that movie. Yeah, see, I gave it a C plus. I gave wow. it a C plus. I yeah. did see All it right. again. And I enjoyed it more, and I'd bump it up to a B minus. Okay, yeah. I thought you were gonna be like it was like a seventy eight. Now it's like seventy nine. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of B minus, like, but but I did I did enjoy it more. Uh, we also have a five star rating on iTunes from Kimra J three. I think is how that's supposed to be pronounced. First time listener, listened to you guys for the first time yesterday, and I and I'd say I'm hooked. Love the banter and topics you guys cover. So just keep doing what you're doing because I'm a fan. That was very sweet. You, know, but you, can, you can leave those every six months. So if it's been a while, mm-hmm. leave another one. Hey, that's something. That's I a didn't good. No, that's insider knowledge. Yeah. Guys, you listening? Yeah. So if you left one uh, two years ago and you're like, oh, I wish I could leave another one. Yeah. Hey, if you're driving to work right now, you can go ahead and you can go ahead and pull over real quick and go ahead and go <laughs> yeah. put it in park, turn off the car, yeah. be safe, write a quick review, five stars. We love when you do that. Just saying. Yeah. It's it was. Clearly, you're stopping your commute to do this for us, but it's so easy. You can do it. It's so it, easy. It'll take it's just so a few seconds. So much more fun than being in traffic. I know, exactly. right? You just get to take a break. Sprint and deposit. We can go on this for a long time. We can do a whole episode on <laughs> how you guys can write five star reviews in different areas, doing different activities. But let's open up with one of our favorite uh, uh, little uh, what do you call it segments? segments. There it Thank is. You of the show of what we're into this week. But first, let's say hi to our friends over at Beachbody. Hey. All right, before we go any further, talking about robots and AI and all that stuff, let's talk about making ourselves better, improving our bodies. Beach Body On, on demand. demand. Beach Body On, on demand. demand. What? What? So Beach Body On Demand is an easy-to-use streaming service that gives you instant access to a wide variety of super effective workouts you can do from the comfort of your living room 24-7. That means all the time, boys and girls. It has a history of success, and it is the company behind P90X, Insanity, 21 Day Fix, T25, Brazil butt lift, hip hop abs, three week yoga retreat, and more. My personal favorite is Shift Shop. That's the one I do every week because it helps me with my with lifting, get my arms a little bit bigger. Guess who's graduated from three day yoga retreat to three week yoga retreat? Is it this boy sitting right across from me? I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I'm so my muscles. They were so strong at one point. They're so weak, but I'm gonna get strong for you, not DJ the listener. I'm getting strong for you for you guys at home in fact you guys should do this with us you can hit us up on twitter and let us know if you are doing beach body and we can do it together yeah the workouts are as short as 10 minutes and don't require any extra equipment. so you guys can definitely do those along with me it has some of the best trainers and some of the best programs like i mentioned before and you can access it anywhere and anytime you can view it on your computer web 
Enable TV, tablet, smartphone, Roku, any and all of those options. It has the biggest support community. You will be joining over 1 million people currently on Beachbody On Demand. Sam and I are two of those people. Mm -hmm. And our listeners can try Beachbody On Demand absolutely free. That's right. I really want you to try this service because it's shown results. DJ, you can attest to these. You're seeing results with yourself. I'm ready to get those results too. And I want you guys to be a part of this journey. So right now, our listeners can get a special free trial membership. That's right. Free trial membership. When you text stupid that's s-t-u-p-i-d to 303030 that's 303030 you'll get full access to the entire platform for free all the workouts the nutrition information and support totally free again just text stupid to 303030 that's 303030 now back to the show all right so what are we into this week uh to make it easy for tom so you could think about what what you're into dj well a couple things first off i would like to take this moment to tell you i'm still into chaostheorycomic.com that is the kickstarter for my new comic um, volume 2 of chaos theory zombies versus dinosaurs Uh, volume 1 was a big success so this one's even bigger and more epic and more um, and just just more you got zombies you got dinosaurs you got aliens and even more craziness Uh, first week was super solid but we still have a long way to go so if you guys could go to chaostheorycomic.com and go and support that project it's only going to happen with your guys support um, and I know the people that read Volume One really dug it. And so, if you're new to it and you're like, "Can I can I start with Volume Two? There are tiers where you can also pick up Volume One as well and get the complete story. But we've got prints from amazing artists like Derek Robertson, who co-created Happy and the Boys, um, Brittany Williams, who worked on uh, Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat, and uh, Goldie Vance. And so, there's just a ton of cool, amazing stuff for you guys to check out there. You can go on a Kickstarter, type in Chaos Theory, or go to ChaosTheoryComic.com and check that out. Nice. Uh, you got the elevator pitch for that. Yeah, I'm trying, man. <laughs> um, and as far as just stuff I've watched, we just, I just, actually, you did too, watched Friday's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Oh, you um, want to talk about it? Well, yeah, I was going to bring that up because they try to engage with Infinity War. They do. And Maybe. they shouldn't have. They should have <laughs> just, I think, I think they could have just ignored it. Because who knows what's gonna if you you've seen Infinity War? Yeah, I have. I, do we, I was almost about to make a spoiler comment. Well, I'm wondering. That. It's been a yeah. week. It's been a week. I think we can just light spoilers. Light spoilers. Light spoilers. Let's, spoil, yeah. let's skip ahead thirty seconds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's, so you skip ahead thirty seconds, or I will say that there's a uh, massive event that happens at the end of Infinity War <gasps> that theoretically should affect not just everybody on the planet but everybody in the universe. And but there is plenty of opportunity for that to be reversed later. So I think if you're working on the TV shows, you could have just pretend it didn't happen. And, and, and especially Lucky agents, us. Yeah, yeah, pretend like Agents Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You could just said like, oh, the events of this season take place before. Spoilers. Wait, not spoilers. Yeah. Or no, bummer. I yeah. want it to all be included uh, forever and ever. I want them because, to like, when, always be in connect, uh, uh, interconnected. Like when you read comics or whatever, it's like half the universe got uh, sucked into the dark matter realm or whatever. It's like, well... Other comics don't. Green Arrow is not. <laughs> Green Arrow is not engaging with it that right, month. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you can just uh, skip right over. And it's it's been interesting watching. I don't know if we've talked about Agents of Shield this season on on the main show. We talk about it every week on our Patreon show, Super TV Showdown. Mm. Um, but the first half of the season was really rad. They were in the future, um, and now they've come back to the past. And slowly but surely, they've made every character kind of a dick. 
They make a lot of questionable decisions. So far, which makes sense with what they've seen. They've seen the world be destroyed, un-Thanos related. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're making their decisions off that. But it's it's tough because it feels like it's the last season. And so it's t- it feels like this weird, like, hey, we're going to make all our characters un- as unlikable as possible for the last like uh, few episodes. We're only two episodes left after this. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. It's such a weird little pocket dimension okay. of a show. I have questions. Yeah, Go yeah, on. yeah. <laughs> so... If you only have two more episodes left of the show, yeah, and you had the the trope of going into the future, why do you come back before Infinity War? Uh, I don't have to deal with that. Well, like, here's the thing: I don't, you had the perfect out. Oh, yeah, their, exactly. Their future was even worse. Yeah, so I get that. They're trying to fix. I don't know. Well, just, no, but from a storytelling perspective, yeah. what you're saying, I, it's, it's interesting. Just, I very much watching this episode because we've they we built up, we set up the comic book film. I was going to say classic just the comic book villain Graviton all the way back in season one and now they're finally paying that off and introducing him Mm -hmm. a version of him Um, and he runs into a group of aliens and they're like we're here because Thanos is showing up and I very much get the impression that the creators of the show had zero idea how Infinity War would end mostly because I don't think anybody but the writers and the directors yeah. knew how infinity war was going to end. that makes sense they so, wouldn't share that with those people yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just like cool Than- we know thanos is showing up we'll just re- it- it'll be fine <laughs> and-, and i think you're right because i was thinking they go up into space for a part of this episode and it's like well maybe you say- and then i realized like no the whole unit the whole universe there's literally no point other than being in the future yeah that you could have avoided stay in the future till the finale episode then come back right before infinity war yeah even though that episode airs after Infinity or war, don't like, acknowledge it and assume that avengers 4 might rewrite it yeah, or right. or pretend that your show took place before infinity exactly. war just don't just don't acknowledge it just mm-hmm. because because they didn't bother acknowledging dr strange they, they just had stuff that like thematically felt similar mm. with ghost rider and the mystical and all that stuff and it's like just do do same with Ant-Man. They were just like pim particles. They said it in one line. It was like, yep, that movie happened. Cool. Yeah. All right, we're moving on. Yeah, and, and thematically, there's enough connective tissue because you're dealing with the world ending. You're dealing with aliens. You're dealing with apocalyptic stuff. Like, you had enough. It felt similar enough that I feel like you could have just... Let's see what they do. They got two yeah, more episodes. They got two more episodes. But I would be shocked if the uh, altering reality-altering event at the end of that movie affects this because i just don't know how you'd incorporate it's gonna it. be really cool when they have a re-edit of infinity war in the finale of, of age of the shield where graviton it right before thanos does whatever he does he's like no and it's like oh thank god do you think, hold on real shield, quick everything's fine do you think graviton is powerful enough that he would have been able to help that situation no <laughs> no 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 See, to help more than Spider-Man would have. True, <laughs> true. So, so I wanted to touch on that because there, the I know a lot of people have been talking about how Agency Shield ties in there, and it's interesting. Luke Cage, it shouldn't it shouldn't tie in? Just do your season of Luke Cage. It's fine. Yeah, I feel like what Netflix has done, the Netflix versions of the Marvel series have been smart by saying like, oh, we'll acknowledge that things happen, mm. but we won't be specific and we just won't bother. Yeah. Like, you it's know, not it's, like concurrent. It's yeah. just like, it, it's, it's like, how normal life events work. We're not going to be constantly talking about everything that's happened except for social media we do that now so netflix stays off twitter agents of shield doesn't there you go that's the trick that's That's the the only reason they've lasted this long (laughs) is because of that twitter fan base uh you bring up good points but we'll see yeah i like my edit of graviton showing up at the very end and it's like oh we're in a different time that would be cool more importantly i just i've grown to really like these characters over specifically the past two seasons I would like to like them again before the show ends. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> They've already annihilated all of them. Yeah. Uh, but Tom, your turn. What are you into this week? Death. 
Nice. Oh. In Paradise. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a show out of the BBC. Nice. And the way I got to it was... Uh, did, you, did you ever watch Father Ted? No. It's a 90s comedy. Uh, same guy who did the IT crowd. Oh, cool, Father cool, Ted cool, cool. Before. Nice. Uh, so I watched all of Father Ted uh, and... One of the characters in that, I was like, "What is that guy doing now?" So mm-hmm. I, you know, went down the IMDb rabbit hole and yeah. I found out that sixth season of something called Death in Paradise, he showed up and became a regular. So I watched that episode because I'm like, I don't, I don't really know this show or care, mm. and I just liked the episode. He wasn't in it until towards the end. I'm like, this is really interesting. So I went back and started watching it from the beginning. It is embarrassing to admit because it is a formulaic locked room mystery show. Like every, for six seasons? For six seasons. <laughs> every episode is, there's been a murder. It couldn't be possibly have done. Oh, wait, a second murder of the, of the suspect we thought had committed it. Mm-hmm. Now what do we do? Oh, wait, I've had a brilliant idea. Gather everyone together and I will reveal the murderer. That is nice. literally every episode. But they're good mysteries. They mostly keep me guessing. And they shot it uh, in the Caribbean. Nice. So they have like actual local actors in it. Uh, they they have one like British star. Chris Marshall is the second detective. First detective leaves after the first two seasons. But Chris Marshall, who is in Love Actually, okay, okay, as the young kid who's like trying to score with the Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's the detective through the bulk of the series. Uh, he got replaced by the guy from Father Ted. Okay, actually. But anyway, it's it's. That person and a, and a crew of locals, and they all go to the local bar and hang out and discuss the the case. Cool. And it's just pretty to look at. Uh, the actors are different. It's not your normal, you know, like oh here we go another parade of British actors. Yeah. Uh, and it's I, I found it addictive. I can't I can't That's help awesome. myself. It's That's cotton amazing. candy. I got into Primeval because I love my sci fi, and that was a an ITV show, not a BBC show. But it was that was the, my first because uh, it's been off the air for so long, and I think. Can't, one of Canada stations tried to pick it up and make a Canadian version of it with like a wink and a nod to that the other show happened with okay. one of the characters yeah. coming over but it was like third tier down BBC character. America tried to pick that up and then it didn't work there and yeah. Then, yeah it was super weird and like I, that was my first instance of like how quickly actors like main leads and shows get swapped out recycled constantly yeah. like yeah. there was one main a- a guy who was like the main actor they got three seasons which is like nine episodes <laughs> and like yeah. then he was already swapped out and i was like but these aren't even like movies like i don't even the story's not done but the show just keeps plowing ahead it was so yeah. that was the show had its flaws but there was a robin it had hood pretty B- british people in it, so. <laughs> there was a robin hood bbc show that um kind of set up uh alt, like robin hood's long lost brother to like maybe we could continue the show with this guy even though the main actor wants to leave or whatever and it didn't they yeah. just ended it like three seasons in. They're like, never mind, it's done. <laughs> well, what they did with this, the 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 guy who started uh, was a comedian. His, his name escapes me. His character name was Pool. He got tired of having to go to the Caribbean to shoot because oh, he's Caribbean like, I can't. So, God. Well, it, it sounds <laughs> yeah. it sounds crazy, right? But like after you spent half a year every year, like I have to live in the Caribbean. Yeah. I can't take any other jobs because I'm down there. He's like, yeah, I can't do this. So they announced that he was being replaced. And at the beginning of season three, they open with the old open and him as the detective. So you're like, well, wait a minute. I, no. I know he gets replaced. What happens? And, and that's the thing that keeps me coming back to the show is that they play around yeah. with this stuff. And when they bring Chris was Marshall Was he the mystery in, that, that episode? He was. Nice. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and so when, when Chris Marshall comes in, they're like, well, we'll gather all the people together. And he's like, 
why? And they're like, no, but that's what Poole always did. We gathered together and we announced the killer. And he's like, well, that sounds really dumb. <laughs> like they they kind of have a little bit of self-awareness about that's it. That's cool. What was the show's name again? It's called Death in Paradise. And you can you only watch it on BBC or is it like on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Nice. Here nice. in the US. I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. That's rad. That's really cool. Oh, the BBC, cool. they know what they're doing over there. Yeah, they they do. Yeah, yeah. They're I just remember not having to make money all the time mm-hmm. frees them. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although we'll see how long that runs. Exactly. <laughs> well, if I may, yes, uh, I definitely had a show in mind that totally escaped me, but I will pull up uh, uh, my list of podcasts because I did want to. I mentioned it before, but I just re-listened to it again because I, I rediscovered my love of space exploration. And I, uh, 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 Tom, have you heard of the podcast The Habitat? It got a lot of press. I don't think so. Uh, like a few weeks ago, but I just re-listened to it again, and I want to push it again because I know there are there are space nerds. There's NASA nerds in the in the listens. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premise is it's a it's a documentation of the high seas experiment, which is the isolation experiment that NASA is running to see if six people can live in a small habitat for one year by themselves. And like the only way they can go outside is in spacesuits, which they do do that as part of the experiment. But can people just do it? Can people, because we've never done that before, that they, they can use the internet only in the capacity of sending an email, but there are, there's 20 minute delays okay. and they can't send like big files. They can send the audio files of their recordings and they can look at Wikipedia but it's on 20-minute delays of when it's updated, and mm-hmm. you can't get the entire website. You can only get, like, very specific things out of it um, because they're trying to make it as realistic as possible of what kind of internet you'd actually have, and they're trying to simulate it to the best of their ability of what Mars life would be like, and it's so interesting. It's only seven episodes. They're about 30 minutes apiece, so it's really easy to just, like, kind of chew through, um, but it's beautiful because they one of the coolest things they bring up about is, like... Um, kind of the grosser parts of space travel like uh in the original nasa missions when it came to like doing a number two if you had to it wasn't like some kind of vacuum or a special bathroom you went into it was one big room that you were all standing in and you had to like use a plastic bag and go in that but you're in zero g so it would take you up to an hour to figure out how to do it right oh wow and nasa didn't really they were like this is the best we can do or like hey extended space travel if you send men and women or even just same-sex couples like what happens do you have any does nasa have a plan for that nope uh, in their mind they're like nope that Don't just tell. won't happen. No, nope. yeah. they're like, and she, one of the the journalists behind it, it was like, did you give them condoms because they're in a small enclosed space for an entire year and they can't see anybody else, so they're going to be talking to each other nonstop. And they're like, just the zero G alone would require the condom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like they, they NASA, yeah. Yeah. NASA's entire idea behind it is like, nope. Why would you do that? You're scientists. You're doing a job. It's like, yeah, you can think that, but you're, yeah. there's people. And yeah. uh, and also take out like even just like small missions if you're just up in the ISS. But if you're like in close quarters, because this is like they have to send a very compact uh, unit for them to live in on Mars. They're going to be near each other a yeah. lot. For a while, for a long time. We're not talking like a few days to the moon and back. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like, cause you can turn Im- habitation. And it's kind of cute because in the beginning of the podcast, everyone's like, we're going to be best friends by the end of this. And like, no, none of them, <laughs> none of them want to be near each other at the end of it, which doesn't mean they're bad wow. people. Yeah. They're just no. people. And yeah. like, as soon as like one, like one of the best elements of it is that people bring activities. They're like, my goal besides the experimentation is like, I'm going to teach myself French or I'm going to learn how to play the ukulele. One woman brings a didgeridoo and you're like, why would you do that? She also microwaves fish, I bet. (laughs) Exactly. She was the one who complained when they uh, requested that they brought like Cheetos and like like junk food on. It's like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you have like healthy tofu banana shakes? It's like, because you're going crazy in there (laughs) and you want some semblance of civilization. Anyways, uh, trust me, I haven't even like 
dip my whole foot into what that podcast mm. is. You can go check it out, uh, The Habitat. And it, it's so well put together. If you like the the production value of like Serial and other like uh, popular podcasts like that, that's the yeah. level you're getting when you listen to it. And it's nice and compact. So nice. you get through that. Super cool. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. So for this episode, mm-hmm. that's what we're into this week. You guys should check those things out. Um, but for this episode, I thought it'd be fun uh, to discuss artificial intelligence. Like I, for most people, I'm uh, like myself, you're probably associated to with it through stuff like Terminator. You know, we talked about transcendence, touch on a little bit in Blade Runner, the second Blade Runner. Um, and it just, it's just something that interests me in the way people react to it. So, so I thought it'd be fun to, to discuss that. Do we have, before we dive into it, do we have just general opinions on it? Uh, well, before uh-huh. I, I, I think uh, this is part of the internet that likes to be afraid of anything that's new. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, eh, you know, optimism, because I like to be the optimistic guy. Yeah, you I, tend to be the optimistic one on our, on our shows. And I just spent literally only like a couple hours reading up on it. And the more I read, the more scared I got. Uh-huh. But also there's a lot of schools of thought, but which we'll get into that. But yeah. m- my opinion is that. I'm not super excited about it, even though there are forms of AI that, that are used just on your phones, yeah. um, which I've learned all the different types of AI now, which is very fun. But uh, it, it, there are scary elements, and I believe that it don't stop using AI, but there should be definitely regulatory systems put in place because AI can advance a lot faster than we can even comprehend. Yeah. And I think it would be silly to just not be cautious of it. Mm-hmm. There's my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom? I I love that the internet both says AI will kill us all. Yeah. Also, it's overhyped and stupid mm-hmm. and will never work. Yeah. yeah. Right? Which it's, actually, based on like what I was reading, most of the scientific community when it comes to AI, it's split. Yeah. It's like they're like, no, we actually cannot ever achieve uh, a machine that can think that way. Yeah. But then there's half that's like, yeah, you're actually naive to think that we would never get that far. And, and the reality is uh, AI, machine learning particularly, is something that works it's not nearly as good as even the marketing says. Yeah. But, like you said, it can progress very fast in certain theoretical instances. And so the people who are saying we should be prepared, like Elon Musk and Stephen, the late Stephen Hawking, were saying, look, yeah, it's not very good now, but it could get good really fast and we don't know whether it will or how it will but we need to be prepared for what we do when that happens because we won't have a lot of time to think about it so that's where i am which is 99 percent chance you don't need to worry about it other than like wow i wish my amazon echo would remember what i just said right like that's where we are with it but there we should have a plan for if we if we happen to just stumble across that cascade that causes it to take off that we know how to limit it, we know what to do with it, because it's the it's the unanticipated consequence that is dangerous. Yeah. And so all the people saying you don't need to worry about it are like, we anticipate it won't work that well. It's like great, but things have happened before. Surprises we've made leaps and advances before. So if we make one in this, let's let's think it yeah, through. I think what you guys are saying make a lot of sense in, in the idea that like you once it starts, you should be being, I'm always for being prepared. <laughs> be prepared. You know what I mean? I do think that it would be, I wonder because we treat machines, at least in fiction, we treat, treat machines as these magical things. Like uh, speaking of agent's shield character just got robot arms and they're immediately, every time somebody gets robot arms in, in the thing, they're immediately super strong and whatever. It, but it's like, 
there there would be trade offs. I wa- I wonder. We assume that this technology is is how does it not break their shoulder? Should break their yeah. shoulder or whatever. But but also yeah, it's basically we just stitched on. That, <laughs> yeah, that we could make a super thing far beyond us. But what if as we're discovering AI, we learn that. There are natural limitations to intelligence, so essentially, the, our our greatest achievement is making an artificial human brain that basically functions like a human brain and doesn't think super quick and amazing. Because there are natural limitations to once you get to the computing power, the the amount of information our brain is able to process and think about. It has to be uh, a, a certain certain texture, and it has to be in a liquid environment. And basically, essentially, we just make a brain. It's interesting you bring that up because what the pre- uh, what I've learned, and also here here we're gonna here's the the uh, disclaimer. Yeah, I'm nowhere near uh, ever going to be doing a TED talk on this. I just have <laughs> I have just read up on what other people have done research on, and yeah, I'm yeah. going to regurgitate it to the best of my ability. Now, the, the fear, the main as far fear, as Reddit's concerned, that makes you an expert. Thank you. Uh, thank you very Today, much. Uh, yeah, my the, what I've learned is that there are the three different types of artificial intelligence, yeah. and what we basically have right now is they're called. Uh, uh, what did what did I? This is why artificial intelligence is way better. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, what we're demonstrating is an yeah. artificial yeah. form it's of intelligence. A N I A G I and A S I. There we go. Because I was thinking of A F I the band, and I had yes. a great joke earlier, and I totally just <laughs> fucking nuked it. So A N I is what we have, and it's artificial narrow intelligence, and that's where the what it was explained to me as is like how Google Maps finds you a way home. That mm-hmm. is the best the best way to get home or how Siri talks to you. Yeah. That's what that's what we are normally working with now. What we are not really close to but would be the next step is uh, artificial general intelligence and that's a human brain. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, is that we wouldn't probably build most likely based on how we're moving build it like a human brain works. We build it in a way a computer works and that mm-hmm. and the thing there is the scary part is, is based on the way that technology has improved vastly just think about 15 years ago and now how far our jobs exist because of the way technology is exponentially uh, improved. Yeah. Um, so based on that and like looking even 15 years before that, how things have improved uh, vastly, if an artificial intelligence got to uh, AGI, mm-hmm. it could get to S- uh, ASI in an insane speed, and that means it's a super intelligence, meaning that it would be smarter than the uh, collective intelligence of all humans on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's what the fear is, is that, and it could, and the difference between, uh, that's why I'm saying it probably wouldn't be based on our brain, it'd be based on a computer's brain, and a computer's brain by that point could rewrite itself to be more efficient and wouldn't need things that, like, would limit us. Yeah, but I also, I also don't know if it, if it gets to the point that it's rewriting things that it, that would necessarily, if it's that much more intelligent than us, I don't know if that necessarily means it's immediately a threat to us. Well, that's the question, right? Is, yeah. It's perspective. When it, gets, when it gets super intelligent, does it say, oh, they really don't matter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? The way we are like, oh, you know, I don't want to kill ants, but they're getting in my house. So, yeah. you know, like but, I, but the, that's I, the fear. I think a bigger fear is not of the super like if the super intelligence is developed by us it may improve like us and if you look at humanity in the long term we've gotten better over time maybe the super intelligence would actually be better i think the bigger danger is the fact that all of these are being based on computer simulations we don't really know how our intelligence works we're not creating intelligence the same way we're trying to simulate it i think that even at the generalized intelligence level that's where suddenly an ai could go wrong because it could be 
a psycho it could be psych it could develop psychotic tendencies because it's not super intelligent and because it's not based on how we work yeah. and it just goes off like you've heard the stories about google maps that send somebody off the end of a pier and mm-hmm. if they're not working you know watching it's horrible like that's a big thing is imagine that, that becoming even worse yeah like a flaw or uh, just a small flaw in the code could create a cascade like you said uh, and totally corrupt this intelligence and it could make decisions that were not beneficial to itself or anyone around it. So yeah. that's then, also a fear. And like, so even the idea of building a perfect intelligence is sci-fi because that would that would require us to not make mistakes. Well, but that's the thing. Wouldn't then? Isn't it? It feels more likely to me, based on the way we interact with technology, that a more likely a corruption or a flaw would just make it not work. <laughs> Which just make it not, which just make it completely inert, basically. I, I think that's the danger, though, is like, okay, maybe it just doesn't work. That's probably more likely. Yeah. But what if it does work, just not very well? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I was trained to identify dogs, therefore I'm eliminating anything that isn't a dog. And you're yeah. like, wait, hold on. Oh, uh-huh. wait, it's too powerful. We the can't stop it. Example yeah. I read because well, I'll just be again. We watched like a little video before this, but it was regurgitating that like the example that someone came up with was a robot. Uh, created by a company, uh, and the point of this robot was to handwrite notes because they knew that if they did like junk mail, people are going to read a handwritten note before they read a type note. They'll probably throw that away. So they wanted this robot to have the perfect handwriting and actually uh, figure out itself how to make itself more convincing. And from there, they gave it an AI and they gave it more. They opened its parameters up a little bit, but it couldn't be connected to the internet. But by itself, it taught itself to uh, expand its own intelligence and create more parameters of like, no, this is actually how to make it more believable. And it was correct because it had enough time time uh, because it, it doesn't have any limitations like we do it can keep advancing 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 uh, and basically the way it moves from there is that this handwriting robot ends up taking over the entire planet and I know that sounds like a huge leap because all it's doing is it's one arm and it teaches itself to just write. Yeah, but it, and it end up, ends up mobilizing nanites to poison every person on the planet. And but all the, this stuff. the point is that it, it taught itself that if it needs to get it, like if it needs to finish what it started, it doesn't really need the humans to be there. It's only meant to just write. And yeah. if it, if it, if a robot or an AI were given a directive that simple, it would think that everything else in the like that's happening is a distraction. Is irrelevant? Yeah, yeah, and is just meant to get in its way. And like, even one of a great example was a an AI that taught itself how to play Mario, and it, it plays it faster than anybody and more efficient than anybody. But at first, it looks like an idiot playing it. Like it doesn't know it died and died and died, and then it had to teach itself what death was in the sense of the video game. It's like cool, we won't do that. And it just it was able to avoid every single obstacle that came in its way. So it just depends. Like again, if we build an AI and it in there is a flaw that could be catastrophic it's the it could gray, be it's the gray goo problem mm-hmm. you hear the, if you read up on this it's used a lot and there's a great example of it in a novel by rob reed called after on mm-hmm. where the super intelligence is told to maximize resources so it does and it's like i will serve humanity by maximizing resources therefore i will turn everything into gray goo so that i can then take it and make anything out of it and yeah. it just it just doesn't care that there aren't that many humans left because they didn't make that a parameter. I don't think that's an actual super intelligence at yeah. that point. But that's, to me, the, the bigger danger. If it's a super intelligence, I think there's more of a chance that it goes, oh, yeah, maybe I've developed morality. That's not right. But yeah. if it's not, or if it's not developed like us, it's developed in a different manner, yeah. that it just kind of goes off in an unpredictable direction that isn't malevolent, but also isn't thinking of our welfare it's it's interesting it's interesting to think about um uh those those aspects about it i don't again i don't know if i believe that like 
in this scenario where it's like not only is it super intelligent and wants to do that but it gets access to nanites and suddenly we have nanites in this world and the nanites are poisoning us and it's like i feel like those there's a few leaps of capability that it's like i think it would take a minute for for that to happen but it's interesting in the uh, in sci-fi it's usually the it has a personality and that personality we, we basically make an alien threat yeah like another another species that it's like ah we want to kill humans for whatever i still don't like this guy that wants to kill us um because we tried to turn it off i guess um yeah. and so it sounds like the more the more dangerous aspect is not that it's just a, a confused car manufacturing robot that's like just makes the best cars uh, it, the way and kills it, humans to do it the way that example goes on to explain what it did was that it knows that uh to keep growing and being better at its job it Mm -hmm. needs access to more information and it needs to go on the internet but it also knows that it's not allowed on the internet so it it asks can i get access to uh slang and like more jargon and it's like it would have taken humans too long to create a a catalog for it to go through because that would be insane like you would need an ai to find all that and then give it to this ai so it could learn so they give it one hour of access to the internet so what it does is it makes a backup copy Mm-hmm. of itself on the internet so that way it continues carrying out whatever it needs to do and it's like well if i'm going to learn more i know i need to uh basically go so far that it creates little nanites that release toxins and murder every only humans on yeah. the planet for some reason and then it teaches itself to build itself over and over again and keep writing notes over and over again so it's like it's heightened yeah. but there is uh there is some validity to that fear and i think it's important to have those concerns so you can prevent it from happening it does it does make me think a little bit like when you read 1984 and it's like it's horrifying but i also don't believe that there is any government that is efficient enough to be that perfect a totalitarian regime you know what i mean it's like i don't know if we can create an ai that's that efficient that would that would be a legitimate threat to all yeah, human the, life. the other thing that after on posits, which I find fascinating, is that because of conversations like what we're having right now, the first thing a super intelligence would do would be hide. Yeah, I know so that's that what it they bring doesn't up. Doesn't get yeah. discovered. It yeah. plays dumb. Yeah, and it, and an intelligence could get to the point where it knows how intelligent it is. It's self aware, so it plays dumb, and it just does exactly what it needs to do while it figures out how it wants to complete the rest of its tasks that it was programmed and programmed itself because it can reprogram itself to do so um and these are not far-fetched it's just the logical step of like if it's following one plus one equals two yeah. two plus two equals four it just goes and goes and goes so eventually it knows that like to do this i need to do this mm-hmm. and it might be false because it could hurt people or it could hurt the environment it could hurt the planet but it knows that it needs to do it so does it you it, to build a morality that's also difficult because we're all flawed and the way that we view the world is all over the place and if you create us versus them humans are the them and they're the us just that one program so it mm-hmm. could just get rid of all things that come in the way like yeah. and we don't really know where our morality comes from when especially if you take uh, evolution away if yeah. you take self-preservation of the species away uh, maybe morality just falls apart, and that's that's another weird thing for AI. But in this in this situation you're discussing, self preservation is a part of it, and so since self preservation of the individual, not the species, I think that was the yeah difference yeah. That, but maybe like but, our morality is like, well, I might sacrifice myself for the good of the tribe because yeah. I want the tribe to go. Whereas in the AI, I'd be like, I ain't sacrificing myself for anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you, I'll but, go back to writing the notes. It would be interesting, <laughs> but I, th- I think there is an interesting connective tissue here because it, it is if it if it is its own life, it operates on its own system, so it might develop a morality that is different than ours which might be a threat but it might not be right. it might just be a, it might just be a different and that that almost it makes it interesting on its own because it might help us understand 
why we do what we do. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And that's why I go back to being more afraid of the middle steps because I feel like, oh, well, the smarter it gets, the more of a chance that it starts to figure out, oh, this is why it works this way. Yeah. And I don't want to mess with it versus the middle ground where it's like, I need to write notes. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. No, that, and that's the biggest thing is that like us getting to the point where it could have a morality and it could work like a human being and like it could, it could live among us, just think differently. Yeah. Everything in between is scary. Yeah. yeah. Like every word that we got to humans is scary. So, like we love a dinosaur, but it's like that's a scary <laughs> thing to have running around and any mutations that happened before that that were that just couldn't even survive by itself when it died. Yeah. That's a scary thing. As horrible as Rome was, mm. it was the pinnacle of civilization at the time. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I, I, uh, and threat's a weird word also to throw on in this because it's only about our point of view on it. And in their, in the, in a AI's point of view, if it, if it got to the point where it was so like thinking about itself and where it landed in the universe, like it wouldn't think of it as a threat. It wouldn't describe it as a threat. It's just fix if finishing what it was started and programmed to do. Yeah, mm. I I usually think about in AI more along the terms of. Uh, in pop culture where it's it, it's a it's another it's it's just another intelligence and i know people, there's this fear that like we will be replaced by less less a writing machine kills us to write more and more we will be pre- replaced by this other life form and i don't necessarily perceive that as as necessarily a negative because at that point it's a natural evolution of us we created this thing that it now has goes out into the it theoretically thinks faster than we do it is hopefully more efficient uh with its information and then it's just a natural extension of like you don't resent your kids because you died and they replaced you that's just the natural step right and right. in in this in this scenario that whatever that is is our is our next step as long as it as long this is more along the super intelligence line as opposed to writing robot that murders us to Lawn, write more lawnmower that's learning how to write yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so so um so if in that scenario it's like that that doesn't necessarily scare me as much as just our ideas it might actually help us grow as a species if we don't have to worry about nuking ourselves or whatever you know what i mean, I mean but, that's the thing there's a lot of ways it can go right yeah mm-hmm. and a lot of ways it can go wrong we don't really know which which are more possible what are the ways it could go right well, well i mean you're like talking you're talking about one of them yeah. right there yeah. yeah it's a natural step forward and maybe there's a way that we download ourselves and become part of this and yeah. there, there's no reason to be humans anymore we are something else more than that we could be one collective thought and we just our directive is just to learn and become more and more and whatever like I, that that's other sci-fi writers to figure out what that is <laughs> yeah. and then, but there are positives to it where it basically it, it operates on its own or yeah. it operates in tandem with us and we move forward in cooperate the collaborate yeah. helps yeah. us improve ourselves we help it improve itself it's yeah. Like, yeah so it's almost a sim- symbiotic yeah but uh i think the best way to move forward with that is something we both brought up is that it regulation is that like uh one example that was brought up it was like well we can make it what if we made an ai now mm-hmm. okay no ai made is usually the rule is that everyone has i don't know if it means law but they can't be connected to the internet that's mm-hmm. not we're not allowed to do that because we don't know what it, it if it secretly was a general intelligence it could have created it could be playing dumb then we don't know it that's a scary thing about it i know it sounds like conspiracy theory but if it did reach that point we wouldn't know so uh and uh moving forward if we accidentally made an ai and we wanted to connect it to the internet so we could learn faster and we didn't know actually what step it was at specifically in its Mm -hmm. intelligence level uh it could do a lot of damage uh and i did definitely lost my train of thought in the middle of it oh uh teaching it 
to regulate itself and teaching it morality, it could move faster. Have had a larger, have had more access to a larger database, which is the internet, yeah. uh, which sounds scary. And every time Microsoft has made a Twitter account that's an AI, it always turns into like a Nazi racist, and it's yeah, like it's the worst. Um, so if you need that as an example, that's a pretty good example. <laughs> Damn it! Basically, we need regulation, but regulation could take a long time, and sometimes science scientists. Uh, don't want to wait that long to create regulations for AI because that could that itself could take as long as creating a super intelligence and sometimes we want to jump the gun and jumping the gun could lead to something very dangerous. Well, it doesn't even need to be governmental regulation at the start. Mm-hmm. As, as you wait for that step to be worked out, scientists yeah. coming to a consensus about ethical practices mm-hmm. and there there are several efforts to do that already to say let's let's agree on the rules of the road so that we could recommend to the governments what those regulations should be and we all follow Follow them now. Doesn't mean you won't have bad actors, but government regulations aren't necessarily going to prevent bad actors either. Yeah. But if you get the majority of the scientists who are working on this right now, there's an, it, it's a little bit like nuclear. It's actually safer than nuclear because fewer people know how to really make the dangerous AI work. Yeah. Uh, so you you kind of know who you need to have on board to make this happen. It almost becomes more dangerous like nuclear once somebody has done it and right. other people are like, oh, we just need to do that. Right. That's why nuclear, that's why I say nuclear is more dangerous because it's been done a bunch yeah. to the point where people are, it's still harder than people think to make a nuclear bomb yeah. uh, in North Korea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it it is more possible. What, yeah, but more like, people then, know how to work. And nuke's a great example of like, think of Chernobyl or think of any accident that we ever had. Like, go, yeah. it, But then imagine that that accident, instead of irradiating a small area, this could irradiate the internet and basically every form of communication and technology that we have that is connected to the internet. When I think that the, when you're talking about that threat there, that's like when we when we worry about like a war game scenario where basically everybody mutually assured destruction, which has not happened yet, but does not mean it could not happen. Yeah, and which is why it's worth it's worth being being aware of and and taking actions to prevent. And right now, what we do with internet infections is we examine them, we patch them, but with AI already something called general generalized adversarial networks cause algorithms to learn from each other in such a way we don't know how they get solve the problem mm-hmm. which makes it much harder to combat if it were to go wrong because y- there's no code to patch right yeah. it's just figured something out yeah mm-hmm. and that's it, a, a terrifying what, <laughs> that honestly is terrifying what is the benefit currently to is this just one of those things that we're experimenting just to see uh, if we can do it or is there a benefit to can we just say like hey there's no reason to create AI do you remember uh, did you ever read that interview from Kumail Nanjiani when they were preparing for Silicon Valley when they went to Silicon Valley and they walked through a lot of different Mm-mm. they went they went through a lot of different companies and then they were and they never he couldn't specifically say who they went to but the, the engineers and the everyone who's just building these awesome new big steps into the future Kumail and like all of his cast members were like this is terrifying and they're like no it's not and they're like but because sometimes scientists just think of only the positives that could come out of this instead of thinking the negative ramifications of somebody who shouldn't get a hand on this and then using it. Yeah. So what was your question? <laughs> I, I have an, I have an example of, yeah. of something that is important for it to do. The European Emergency Number Association has started a test program where they're going to roll out more widely. They tested it, I think, in Amsterdam, uh, an algorithm. Uh, machine learning algorithm that helps diagnosis on 911 type calls. They're not 911 in Europe, obviously, yeah. but on those emergency calls to identify a heart attack. And the way it works is it listens in on the call and makes recommendations to the dispatcher. Human's still in charge. Human does all of the activities, but it says, hey, from the shaking of the tone of voice, from the word selection, 
you know, we think this person might be having a heart attack, even though they're not aware of it. And the faster you identify a heart attack, the more chance you have of saving that person's life. And they've actually seen uh, a higher rate of identification using this algorithm, something like 74% for humans versus wow. 92% when the algorithm is assisting the humans. Nice. So it can save lives. Also, there, there is a new algorithm that can identify tumors quicker than pathologists can. So it's it, that... And it, it almost makes them – they shouldn't even need to do that part of their job anymore because the AI is so efficient. So there are benefits to it. Cool. Well, uh, we have some uh, Twitter questions that I want to dive into. But before we get into that, we want to check in with another one of our pals. Let's say hi. All right, guys. Before we continue, and we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about with AI, I want to talk about a very important sponsor yeah. of this podcast all right guys we've talked about them before for him they have a lot of beneficial things that could help out the boys in the audience yes. the men let's be correct here mm-hmm. we're all men and as men sometimes in our society we don't like to talk about when maybe something's ailing us yeah. or or could be because we get embarrassed yeah come on i guys. get embarrassed super easily now, yeah and like it, especially especially when it gets to sensitive stuff about like maybe uh, as an adult you have acne and that's okay because we all have it. Or maybe you're seeing your hairline starting to recede just a little bit. In fact, 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. That's yep. just a fact. Sometimes when you when I read that, I don't even believe it, but it's true. Yeah, that's true. And that and you can actually get ahead of it if you start noticing your hairline slowly starting to recede. That might be a little bit too late. So if you want to get ahead of the game, you should yep. actually check out Four Hams. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional, and Four Hams connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Again, that's what we're saying. This is not a service where it's just you randomly getting weird pills in the mail. You're actually going to be connected with real doctors, and yeah. this is medical-grade solutions. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. There's no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. This is prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits, because I know that sometimes can be tough for me, even like when I have a, like the flu and it's like getting it's been keeping me in bed for weeks. I'm like, I should go to the doctor now. <laughs> I still feel embarrassed about that. And it's ridiculous because you should be taking care of yourself. But don't worry, 4Hims will help you save hours by going to 4Hims.com. It's so easy to use and products are shipped directly to your door. Now, in my family, yes. I know that like there's always the, there's the common thing people say. It's like, oh, look at your mom's side. And if your mom's dad has hair, you're probably good to go when you get older. But there's other health factors that can get, uh, they, can, they can ail you. And it's better to stay ahead of it because I, I we all want to keep our hair. We all love our locks. Mm-hmm. And you can with 4 hymns by talking to a licensed professional who can get you the help that you need. So our listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. Go to 4 slash stupid. That's F. O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash stupid for hymns dot com slash stupid. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. So go check it out. And ladies in the audience, go talk to your men about this because yep. sometimes we're a little closed off and we got we to gotta stop that trend. We got to start taking care of ourselves and for hymns is a step in the right direction. But back to the show. All right, cool. we're back into it. I got a question here. Ooh. From Brandon Kidd at FunnyBoy6789, uh, if you could have a personal AI servant, what would you want them to do? Don't be gross. <laughs> and don't be gross. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd want to. I'd want an AI servant. I, I think my favorite depiction of of AI in a movie, honestly, is uh, is her. You know what I mean? Because it's just an, it's less of a it's less Scarlett of a. Let your hands. Well, yeah, but also no, but the idea because it's the it's least. 
it feels like the least sensationalized version you could possibly get. But until the end, but still, you're right. Yeah, it's, still yeah. The, and that opens up so many fascinating, fascinating questions because they imply that they go somewhere that theoretically Joaquin Phoenix could have eventually joined them. And I don't know what any of that means, <laughs> which is, I think goes into your thing with a super intelligence because like, what could we learn? Um, but yeah, I don't know if I want because that's a per at that point. It's a person. And I don't want like a personal servant. You know what I mean? I I think it's fine to have an assistant. Yeah. Right. I think mm. that's why Amazon Echoes and all these personal assistants are are one of the the emerging products for this because, I mean, if that AI has a rich personal life outside yeah. of your time, that's cool. She yeah. does, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah. Spoilers for that movie, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. she. She, she get, really does. It gets around sounds too negative, but yeah. it does explain it. <laughs> uh, for me, I guess uh, a personal servant sounds mean. Assistant. Let's say that. That sounds better. Um, yeah. For assistant, uh, what's something I'd want them to do? What's something menial? Cooking? We'll learn, yeah. a, we'll learn a recipe together. That way it feels like we're both helping. Yeah, because at a certain point, if their sole existence is helping you, like, I don't, if they have enough of a personality, they'd probably get tired. They'd have their own things, they, but maybe they could multitask like in that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I would want it to be ways from my life, right? Where it just says, oh, what you need to do right now to make things more productive or to make sure you have enough relaxation. Like, let me suggest. I want it to be suggesting. That's a good idea. Yeah. Or health, good health-wise, idea. that'd be really helpful. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like it, you... You, you're drinking uh, seven cups of coffee today, and I don't want to tell you how to live your life. I want that to be its catchphrase. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, <laughs> but your heart yourself. is skipping a beat every couple minutes, and yeah, it's you might getting pretty bad. Perhaps back. tried the green tea. I, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have mind had it, having an assistant on uh, this Kickstarter because I, I think you've done crowdfunding campaigns there. Oh yeah, uh, oh, tremendous, shipping. Yeah, well, just not just shipping, <laughs> yeah. but everything. Everything about it is tremendously stressful. Reward fulfillment. Yeah. Hey, or coming up which with re- what rewards are good. What Why didn't that guy get four dollars off his? hat yeah just like, figure that out for me thanks yeah. bringing it back around signing things for you See, no that robot. That's, but that's your, oh that's, that's the, the robot oh. i could, could just get a stamp then and the stamp doesn't sound like a bad idea let's either. design a robot <laughs> that has great handwriting uh-huh. hold on hold on wait let me put it on the internet for just a second it'll be uh, fine <laughs> josh escapete at monster underscore cypher how much physical control would you give the ai program i'd want a robotic body it could transfer itself into like baymax or would you rather have a Jarvis and have it strictly non-corporeal uh, computer program? So if, ha- having a body or just being like in a headset that you're listening to and it can't turn on anything. I mostly want the headset, but I say that until I'm like, hey, I need a screwdriver from downstairs. Yeah. And then, I, then I want the robot. Do, do we then start becoming like the humans in WALL-E where we're just floating around in hover chairs, like our bone mass is like de- degenerating and everything? Yeah, I don't think we do I, because we have so many labor-saving devices now and we're not, oh, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> oops. Uh, oops. Yeah. Uh, hey, I mean, those chairs looked really comfy and they were hover. So I, I have a personal question. This, hold this, all this AI stuff. How do you guys think it will affect work? There, jobs. there was an interesting thing they brought up that most jo- there's some labor specific jobs, yeah. but in America specifically, a lot of them require a level of creativity, and AI doesn't have that. AI can't yeah. creatively come up yet, but yeah. that's even on timetables. That's fifty plus years away yeah. of whenever we get close to hypothetically general intelligence. Yeah. So, but so most of the jobs require some sort of creativity uh, in in our workplace. There are some labor specific jobs that yeah. might be replaced, but overall, 
uh, most jobs are saved based on what the two articles I read about it. So Great. that doesn't mean that I know everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely have a, a theory about this because I, I think it will always be disruptive. I don't want to minimize that. Like in the short term, even when AI becomes creative, let's just yeah. leap 50 years down the road. That's going to be disruptive and that's going to cause problems for society in the short term. But I think in the long term, if you look at history, what we do is when we have things that replace jobs, we come up with new jobs, yeah. things that we couldn't have done done before because there weren't enough people to do them and it didn't make sense yeah so think about the modern office we complain about like oh there's so many product managers and project managers one of the reasons that is is that we don't need people doing manual computations and we don't need rooms full of people calculating numbers anymore and those people aren't like on the street freaking out about they're just there's different jobs that we can do like oh well now that we don't need this we'll do this now one of the arguments i've heard against that is like yeah but if robots can be creative if ai can be creative Creative, then what's left and to that i'm like why do you like craft beer you can get beer that's yeah. made by a big company like mm-hmm. you like the story behind it why do you like organics or artisanal stuff as much as we make fun of it people like it because oh i know where it came from it was handmade mm-hmm. i think yeah. that becomes huge in that situation that scenario. i mean yeah. even if you jump to the point and then you where mass produce it with ro- oh wait no, 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 hold on, yeah, hold on. No. Yeah. and then it becomes a controversy like wait this artisanal thing was mass produced by ai yeah <laughs> and when i think even even if you get to the point where like robots are making movies or writing books or whatever you know you look at like a lot of our biggest selling movies already feel like they're made on a production line for right. the most part but there's still like there's still movies that, that last year like good time um this year with annihilation um you've got movies that that have a more personal perspective that you can't just like program something to do yeah and people would still and even if even if theoretically a a robot could do basically exactly that and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference people you're you're right people would look up the history like no that movie was made by a person there was a movie that came out last year that they came out as a loose term that was released uh (laughs) but the script was written by uh ai that read like fifty thousand sci-fi scripts and novels and stuff and it makes no sense at all but it was so funny because thomas middleich is in it and i watched a couple clips of it and like the actors commit to it which makes it great but it's nonsense it makes zero sense whatsoever characters names change throughout like so you're saying i got another 50 years to make my career happen yeah, i mean right. or team up hey with the robot he did, i mean they got a movie out <laughs> he did, he, that robot did get thomas middle ditch he did. uh at Dr- super gerbil asked this very same question do you think ai will take over an ai takeover will have an impact on the on entertainment as in maybe some studios will write movies using ai well, it already happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like a really good area for that would be animated. Like you could you could teach an AI like these are what animated TV shows are like for kids. Mm-hmm. These are le- every t- kid show has about like fifty lessons that it's got to teach. Like Terry Steel, but what mm-hmm. examples the AI could just randomize those and manufacture. 20 minute episodes if i'd only believed and trusted you at the beginning mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's just two laptops talking to do each other do you think AI <laughs> could like replace teachers could <gasps> replace like in in a lot of situations yeah not all yeah. I, again i think there there is something intuitive and and here i'm going to back off from the 50 years down the road but there is something intuitive that teachers have really good teachers have in understanding why a student is having a problem that they can get around i don't think ai is going to be good at that but in the like the lecture sense, yeah, know, and this I, might also help us in learning about ourselves too. That we like human uh, contact is important. Turns yeah, out, right. you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, so totally. we can't have robots do everything. Even if you could go, like when I go to the grocery store, I use the self checkout line or whatever. Um, but you know, there are times where it's like that human to human contact. Like if if uh, if you call 
a service number and it uh the the machine picks up you're like no never mind yeah i well i think text messaging has taught us that where yeah. it's like yeah it's easier to text but sometimes you do need to talk in real time yeah. right? like the, that's a kind of a small example of what you're talking about yeah so we have one last question here um from uh flute girl at flute girl 0422 brenda uh what is your biggest hope and what is your biggest fear of ai and how people might use it it's a good way to close out the episode too tom Let's go with let's do positives first. No, I, we, let's do negatives first. And yeah, end on then the positive. positive. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Let's uh, full full nightmare mode. Let's go. Should I, should I do both at once? Uh, or are we going to go negative round? Let's do negative round okay. and then yeah. positive round. My biggest fear uh, of AI. I, I think I've kind of explained that throughout the episode is that we don't mimic the way the human brain works, and we create something just smart enough to be psychotic and do damage. No, yeah. that'd be a. Uh, Oh, man. It was just like breaking it down to just such a simple directive of how far it could go wrong, mm-hmm. even though it's going right by all means of what the how the computer sees it. It's yeah. going right. But in for us, it's absolutely terrifying. I think I'm going to agree with Tom. It's that it's the in-between baby steps until we get to a super intelligence that doesn't basically best case scenario for it, it doesn't care about us and it, yeah. it doesn't have to interact with us in any way. And it just lives in a little bubble by itself. But everything in between that. Like when we get the the uh, lighters that are AI powered, mm-hmm. just because it's like, well, I don't want to light my own cigarette. Yeah, we're still smoking cigarettes because because we're AI, who we are. Yeah, no. right. Oh wait, I can. Uh, it'll the it'll nanites map out. will fix the uh, yeah. cancer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. But no, it's like every step in between that is not going to be fun. And if there is an arms race or uh, it, best case scenario for us was space race because we learned a lot and we got a lot of advances in medicine and food and the way we live our lives. So that's amazing. But an AI race is a lot scarier uh, of, of us racing against other nations and making quick judgments and quick snap decisions to maybe launch an AI or to allow it access to the internet. It could be catastrophic. Um, yeah. I, I think your scenario of the, uh, AI that just wants to write letters and murders us just to write letters. If it's something dumb, like if it's not like the tribe of robots hates the tribe of humans and the tribe of robots wipes out the humans. Like if it's more like, oops, I just wanted to write letters better. So now humanity's why if it's something stupid, it's like that would, that would be lame. That would, that wouldn't be a good way to go out out with a whimper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to the, there's the tears of um, looking forward to as if it would happen in my lifetime. I think there's the, 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 somebody who's talking about this the tears of like human prog- progress through space and a certain point where the 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 threat of humanity wiping itself out we've we've we're on too many planets and too many places that it would be it's unlikely that, yeah, although yeah. we would probably just invent new technology that would somehow make that possible right because it wasn't till it wasn't until nukes that we were all worried about wiping out humanity completely so <laughs> Uh, well, let's go to positives then. Uh, health. I think health and medicine. Uh, in the short term, the sort of ability to diagnose things faster yeah. and, and, and so- solve things faster and find cures faster. And in the longer term, I think AI could provide actual direct supplemental uh, prevention of the degradation of your personality as you get older. Yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to robotics to to solve you know the degradation of the body, but you know Alzheimer's and and things like that might be solved by oh well we just plug in a little AI module to kind of assist you with your thinking yeah. to you to the point where instead of uploading our brain and replicating it, we just slowly become the AI. And then you get, do you watch Black Mirror? Probably. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. you get a San Junipero scenario yeah, where you yeah. get to, where a, regardless of your belief on religion or afterlife or anything, you could build a digital afterlife where you could mm-hmm. go. And eventually when you're done, you can just turn off. The only 
positive Black Mirror? Yes. You get uh, a kind no, of positive one with positive? the dating. Yeah. The dating one's slightly oh, positive. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's still also, dark. yeah, it's it, kind of hellish that it's like the AI knows that it's in a computer. Yeah. And it's just making sure your date goes well. Also, Saint Junipero is kind of a little bit scary tale. No. He doesn't, he hasn't watched all Black Mirror, so he didn't earn the positivity <laughs> of San Junipero. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, That's fair. Positivity for me, I think health is the uh, best sci-fi example of this, even though the movie gets mixed reviews. Elysium, I don't know if you saw it, Matt Damon, that the rich yeah. gets to live up in a big yeah, halo yeah. above the earth. And they have access to these pods that scan your body once a day for any ailments and that could be cancerous or otherwise anything cancer and blow and just delete it and I think if you were to couple AI with all medical knowledge that we have from now to the future with nanites you could figure out a way to eliminate basically any problem in the human body and I think that would be very cool what we do with resources and everything after that that's up to our grandkids to figure out Mm -hmm. but that is a best case scenario like every problem it's up to you to figure that one out hey we're doing great with the old generation's problems right (laughs) we're good Uh, no I think I side with you a little bit with both of you actually I think um, I'd like to see I'm a big believer like you know we've we've evolved from something we talk about that a lot but I feel like we're also evolving towards something towards a towards a better us and if ai helps helps make us a better us or if it is like its own standalone tribe or species or whatever we can create a community that works it together to make each other better um i I think that'd be really cool anything that helps us do better kill each other less for less dumb reasons um and helps us progress out into the universe i would love to see humanity spread out to the stars and hopefully in a in a positive cool uh, star trek way and not where we're the aliens from independence day like we're gonna blow up your shit to take your shit you know uh, what I mean? actually there was a cool panel i went to when uh matt damon space movie blanking the martian came yeah. out and really uh, that that's when i learned what crispers were because they were talking about that for like genetic remapping yeah, and everything yeah. Like that. really important cool. in rampage that's a, a great that's gonna be great fuel for uh sci-fi movies from here <laughs> till forever yeah but they also talked about uh for terraforming the planet uh of mars that yeah. you would send up ai on like and basically inside of nanites that would slowly start to modify like the molecules in the air specifically or uh, the surface of the planet to create a more habitable environment for humans. Also, building the habitats, you'd send up robots with AI being able to find the best place for them to go, even though we could tell them, but they still like, actually, you guys fucked up a little bit we actually need to camp over here yeah. and they build our habitat for us so that when we got there we already had a home hell yeah all for it would be yeah, really yeah. cool yeah. be helpful because you know you hate setting up the tent I tent use that go. So, huh i could use that here i know right i want to go over there <laughs> yeah well, find me a house uh-huh. also build that, it <laughs> that might be a good way to test stuff on a like if you had a moon base you know what uh, i mean maybe? something that's not so it's like if it goes crazy that's well at least it's only on the moon mm-hmm. <laughs> then you it's get self-contained then you get moon where you have one human up there making right. sure the that's AI, a great movie it is and they have AI in that that's not oh yeah well, spoilers <laughs> totally it's no, fine yeah, it's good it smiles I kept, it smiles. Yeah, I kept waiting smiles. for that AI to turn out to be like I'm evil like a house situation it's like no it's actually just real helpful yeah, yeah. it's kind of doing its own thing but also like it's it'll help you figure out what the big mystery is so Let's spoil that movie. We yeah. have a couple of time. We have some minutes left. Let's spoil. Let's spoil that movie, man. This was a really great episode. I wish I, I uh, we should try and dive into like when people talk about this all being a simulation. Oh yeah, stuff the like that. I, okay, stuff. so yeah. I read into that, and here's a we'll give a taste for that. What I learned by what that theory means, specifically in a dumb person's way of explaining it, is that if we ever reached a point of creating a full simulation of the universe, uh, and they had simulations within that simulation. That means that we... Oh, fuck. 
We'll do a whole episode on that because I already confused myself. <laughs> well, if if anybody could ever get to that point in technology, then the chances are that they will have created it, mm-hmm. and they will have created more than one. Therefore, the chances are that any sentient object, uh, sentient being, is in one of those because there's more of them than there are the real universe. Uh, and then, and, and so, oh, so probability wise, we are at the simulation. Yeah. We are in it. And then someone said they did a test. They're like, we did a test, and we're in a simulation. It's like, yeah. would you? Did you just put your finger up to the air and you felt pixels there? And you're like, ah, yeah, simulation. And, and weirdly enough, then we're getting back to the conversation of God. Because mm. if we're in a simulation, somebody made it, right? Yeah. And anyway, then, where did they come from? Also, her name was Hera. Yeah, there you exactly. Go. Hey, and there's also people that are apparently being paid right now to figure out how to hack us out of the simulation. Why? Whichever, uh, because why not? That's another great. Uh, it's, uh, Don't the, you like the when Matrix the Sims get out? Haven't they speaking seen Thirteenth Floor? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, and also, speaking of, it's like Matrix is like, why are they trying so hard to get out of the Matrix? It's pretty nice in there. It's life. You're the steak eating guy, aren't you? Well, no, but it's just it's just the <laughs> life you lead. If somebody, if I told you, like, guess what? You're plugged into a machine. Yeah. And the real world out there is nightmare. Like, if you told me like sensation is different or something, like yeah, we're yeah. not. But like, I mean, we kind of are. We're just these floating little blobs inside of a. It doesn't skull, really right? change my reality on. It changes the context of how I live, but I don't know. Help me understand how out there is better for me than in here. Yeah, yeah Chris, so is greener. You think, oh wait, the cool stuff's happening out there, and then you yeah. find out that it's the cloudy out. sky, weird sex party <laughs> yeah. world. On, and on the inside, you can learn kung fu and stop bullets and fly and shit. And it's like, hold on, maybe I'm going to stay in here. <laughs> Thank you very much. Huh. You know what? Those are other episodes. <laughs> I, I'll read two more articles on the simulation, and we'll do that next time. There but you go. Tom, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you so much for oh. being here. This was great having this conversation with you. Yeah, thanks for including me in the conversation. It was really fun. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, where what, what are you up to? Where can kids find you? All that stuff. Uh, well, uh, TomMerritt.com has all my podcasts that I mentioned cool. earlier, if you're into tech news or sci-fi or whatever. Uh, but I'm also writing a book, and yeah. InkShares.com uh, is the place where I'm trying to get it funded. It's a crowdfunding publisher. So hey. it's a real publisher. Yeah. But if I get 750 copies pre-ordered, they publish it. Nice. So you can go to tomsnewbook.com. There you go. Nice. Check that out. That's a good that's a good URL. Yeah. I, my buddy Justin Robert Young registered it for me yesterday. He's nice. like, stop nice. trying to explain. Go here. I'm uh-huh. like, perfect. Yeah, that's why with the Kickstarter too. It's better to just have the just go to chaostheorycomic.com. There yeah, it yeah. is. You don't have to worry about any of those shenanigans. Totally. So uh, yeah. save yourself some trouble. For me, you can find me at DJ Talks Trash every place that matters. Um, uh, please go to chaostheorycomic.com and to support that. It's the most ambitious project I've ever done. Um, and I think you guys will really dig it. It's just a, if, if you love big blockbuster action adventure with a little bit of heart, this is that in spades. It's just every crazy idea could possibly fit in a comic. It's, it's a lot of fun, and I think you will enjoy it. So chaostheorycomic.com. At Sam Basher for me, everywhere that matters. But live event, it's going to be very exciting. So tune into Patreon. If you cannot attend, if you're overseas or just you know out of town or just can't make it but there will be a vod as well and the 100th episode is going to be a big celebration with a lot of friends of the podcast and i'm very excited about it we love you guys thanks so much for tuning in make sure you rate and review and go to onlystupidanswers.com for all the info because we have a lot of new projects coming out and sometimes i can't remember what they all are but we're gonna figure them out damn it that's why we need an ai like what are we into this week oh thank you you told me the tv shows i've watched so that i remember them that'll be helpful uh guys we love you and we'll see you next time bye 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 bye